everybody to the debut episode of Wrestling With The Truth, a podcast about, not surprisingly, professional wrestling. My name is BC Hunter, and I'll be your co-host along with the man himself, the Nightmare, Jay Myers. Thanks, good brother, BCH. Doing doing good up in here, and uh, can't wait to cut it up and get into this and, and let, the, let the listeners know what we're all about and what they're in for for uh, future episodes. So let, let's, let's do this. <laughs> so we thought we would introduce people to us, the podcast, what we like about the sport, what we don't like about the sport, what we think is working, what we don't think is working, and just overall our views on the wrestling product of today and yesterday. So the easiest way to do that is just through rapid fire questions. So how do you feel about that? I love it. Let's uh, let's get right to the meat and potatoes. So let's start from the beginning. What got you into wrestling? I don't know actually if I can answer that question because I I go through two different periods. Uh, maybe like some of us also, '80s kid. Clearly the rock and wrestling time frame was I think and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was. Coming in, so I'm eight, 1980. I'm probably coming in around 86, 87. Mm-hmm. It was on its way out, I think, at that point. Yeah, I think they term it as 84 yeah. to 87 ish. Yeah. yeah. So I'm coming in, and I first first remember obviously Hogan. I first remember Savage. Um, Steamboat even wasn't even. He was around, but I don't think he was a memory in my head. Million Dollar Man, Virgil. All that, like the big cartoony type stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I was necessary. I don't have a story where I can, uh, where I can bring this father figure story, mm-hmm. or I don't have anything like that. It was just I think coming into flipping it on, and then I, I do remember I had a friend, elementary school friend, still friends now, and and we would we would watch it at his place quite frequently, and specifically superstars and. Yeah. Main event, I remember. remember. Yeah. I don't have a, a one aha moment around what brought me into it, other than I think, like everybody else in the mid to late 80s, you couldn't avoid it. If you were a kid, you were going to turn in, uh, tune into uh, to watch WWF at that point. Yeah, for me, I think a uh, similar story, although I did have a little bit of an advantage. My grandmother was a wrestling fan, and she used to like Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling. And so I remember in the early 80s watching. Leo Burke, uh, the Cuban assassin, big Steven Pettipaw on that stuff. And I used to watch it and she'd be into it. Like she'd be in her chair just swinging punches and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I remember seeing these uh, rubber action figures in the in the st- toy store. You could beat somebody up. Yeah, with. the LGNs, right? They were like, yeah, you could kill somebody with that if you hit them over the head with it. And then so I was like, who are these guys? And then I don't know. I can't, I really don't know. I think I was watching Saturday Night Morning Cartoons. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling came on. Yeah. And then wrestling came on right after that. And then that's where I started watching Superstars. So I would say it was, I think it was early, maybe in January 86, because they were still talking about WrestleMania a bit, but they were kind of going towards WrestleMania 2. Yeah, it was prior to WrestleMania 2, because I remember the hype yeah. for WrestleMania 2. And that that's where it came. Yeah, so. and, and I don't really, the, the first WrestleMania memory I have is probably three, but probably yeah. more so four. That was probably, and then five, six, seven, I was straight into it. What's your first major angle memory that sticks in your head that you're like, holy, I got to keep watching this? Honestly, and it probably wasn't the first one, but the one that still stands out, and, and you correct me because uh, mm-hmm. chronologically maybe it wasn't, 
The two ones that I vividly remember are Zeus and Hogan, but before that was the Mega Powers and the build. All of the Hogan um, Savage build with Elizabeth, all the Saturday Night Main events and, and all that. So that was the big angle that I remember being invested in. And, and, and there might have been stuff before that that I just can't remember right now. But I, I think that and the Zeus Hogan bit, because it was so theatrical, because they brought in the movie element. I remember me and my buddy going to watch the movie or maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe what we didn't, maybe we rented it or something. Cause we were probably, I don't know if it was rated PG or back then or not, but I, I don't remember seeing the theater, but we definitely we watched should do a the watch VHS. Along. We, we should. Do a should. Watch along. We should. <laughs> Comment on it. But that, that, that angle really stands out as one of the early angles for sure. Outside of that, I, I think it was the mega powers because that was about the time I was really getting into it. I think. So Megat Powers, yeah, it would have been 88. Yeah. Um, and then the breakup in 89. And you're right. And then in the summer to keep Hogan busy was the Zeus right. thing. Yeah. And right. then they had the uh, Mega Powers, Mega Bucks thing. Remember yes. that? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. So, all right. Yeah, for me. Can our... we just respect Million Dollar Man's history and the importance that he has had in this business with no real respect on him at all? Like <laughs> from a from a championship title perspective or credit? The dude did his part for sure. Even the million dollar belt, like yeah, it's still yeah, like yeah. considered like well, look at it now, it's starting to come back yeah. in style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like we were just talking off air about um Mid South and then, yeah. and seeing him in Mid South too. Like he was over as anything yeah. in that too. So yeah, he, he it's funny, he never won the title. Yeah. Like, you know, that's that's never won any title. I don't, yeah, I was just gonna say I don't think did he have the tag yeah. yeah, him and IRS, yeah. right? Um, and his own self-proclaimed title, but uh, yeah. which may be one of the most famous titles ever anyway. Exactly. So for me, what really hooked me, 86 was an awesome year, by the way. May of 86, Saturday Night's Main Event, my first Saturday Night's Main Event. That's the one where Jake the Snake ddt Ricky on the concrete floor. Yes. And I remember seeing that. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I was 10 at the time. And I, I just, this this is the most real thing I've ever seen. And I remember, I still remember, like, I couldn't believe it now when I think about, like, when you see Jake the Snake and you realize he's, he wasn't, like, a Roy guy or wasn't anything like that. He had to pick Ricky up by his the arse of his pants and by the scruff of his neck and pull to, him up and him throw him in the ring because he was yeah. knocked out cold. Yeah. And that was, like, so vivid. I remember that so clearly. So it was that. And then in 86 was the Hogan Orndorff where Orndorff turned on him clotheslines the shit out of him and then he puts him in that pile driver you know remember, oh yeah Orndor's do you remember Orndor's yeah. pile driver he would jump yeah. he would yeah. jump Hogan bounced off of his thighs I remember that and I'm like wow this was crazy wow. and then you had the Bulldogs win the tag team titles that year you had so much going on in 86 you had Piper return and in, in, um, destroyed uh, the flower shop and I remember I still remember when Adonis and Orton and Morocco jumped Piper and they like put lipstick on him. I was really disturbed by this. And it was like, so that, so that was, that was for me. And then I was, I was hooked. I yeah. was hooked. And then of course we roll into WrestleMania 3 and everybody was hooked at that point, um, right? Bring it on. Yeah. So who was your favorite wrestler as a kid? I think if I had to peg one down, it would be Savage. I think I was into Hogan. I think everybody was into Hogan essentially. You could not be. Mm hmm. And I was into Warrior for that brief time, like everybody else. But I think Savage is the one guy that I don't really love his WCW years. And it wasn't my favorite version of Savage. And even the King Savage, I was starting to kind of wane off him at that point. But that WrestleMania 4 through, what was it, Mega Powers exploding and 
the WrestleMania and was it uh, which one did they five? I guess five, yeah. yeah. Like that was the and I know he only had a short run in that in that time frame, mm-hmm. but that was that was the guy that I really um, as a kid kid and then in the mid nineties, obviously benefiting from the Attitude Era. I I want to say I was an Austin guy, but obviously as a loyal Canadian, I was a I was a Heart Foundation guy too, and I remember that Halifax Raw episode vividly still. Right, mm-hmm. I was in BC, but I was, I remember wishing I was still here, living in Halifax, and then watching it happen at the Metro Center. I was like, oh my god, like that was the chaos that happened after that that heart, and which I think really built. The Heart Foundation as a heel. Did you know forward. anyone who was at that show? I, I think I do, yeah. There was a few people that, that I... Because that was 90... What was that, 97? Yes, yeah. It was I like think, July of 97. Yeah. I mean, that's a pivotal show. They, and they it still was a talk big, about it today. Yeah, it was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Like, that was mm-hmm. a big Raw. So, yeah. obviously, I was a Brett fan, awesome fan. Never was a Michaels fan, but I think of the like mid-90s before the Attitude Era, I think Razor was probably the guy that... Stood out too. Just that character was like awesome to me. I think I always picked him in WWF Royal Rumble for Super Nintendo. I was always Razor Ramon. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I mean, I think that was Savage will probably go down as my. I was weirdly never an Undertaker guy until later. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. maybe because I didn't respect what he was doing in the ring as much, but. He had yeah. some hokey opponents too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Bundy or Kama or things like that. But so. yeah, I, I, so for me, it was Savage and he just didn't have that long as run as I wanted. But. And maybe it weirdly coincides with his long pants transition. So <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that you are anti. Uh, I, You're I am a big, big yeah. trunks guy. Yeah, so yeah, you are. I feel it makes it makes the man. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. It was it was a short time frame, I guess. Yeah. Uh, ironically, same same for me. Yeah. Macho Man was the man. I liked Orndorff too, and. Although I was a Hulkamaniac, I, I loved when Orndorff turned on him. <laughs> yeah. I, that was amazing. And then, I don't know if you remember, they had the big event in Toronto. And it was in 86. They had 70,000 people at Exhibition Stadium. I, and, I don't, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah. Hogan Orndorff yeah. was uh, was the main event for that. It, was, it was just a live show, right? Yeah. 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 It, although they released it on VHS. Okay. I remember renting it from the video store okay. and just watching over and over again. And then also on Saturday night's main event in early '87, they had that steel cage match where they did that double drop down at the same time. Yes, yeah, that was pretty briefly cool. Remember that? Yeah, but yeah, I, was, I mean, I was a Hulkamaniac, but I liked um, Savage. I liked Orndorff. I was a JYD fan when I was a kid. Like even like guys like Hillbilly Jim and stuff like that. But um, as I grew older, uh, dare I say it, but uh, I was a Chris Benoit maniac back in the day. That'll be bleeped later. Yes. Oh man, I don't know. That's that's. I can't help it. I mean, I know what happened, but I can't erase the memories I had of the guy yeah. when he was. I mean, I, uh, you know what? I chalk that up to a Pete Rose thing, right? Yeah. You cannot take away the on-field performance in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. The dude was phenomenal talent. You keep like he made whatever, it, he whatever, made it real. He yeah. Made it whatever real, happened man. outside of the ring, we don't. If that was the case, Warrior wouldn't have got in the Hall of Fame yeah. or RVD or yeah. whoever, right? I mean, like you, you, you measure them from in the ring. I think it's a travesty that they've. Uh, let, let's uh, just say I was yeah. a Chris Benoit uh, fan they until the day history, until yeah. the day that everything happened, yeah. right? But I mean, as far as wrestling, I mean, I remember that was back in the WCW days. I thought Benoit was yeah. amazing. Actually, I liked him better in WCW than. I don't think the there's e. been a guy that has matched that intensity yet. Yeah. Yeah, he was like a buzzsaw. Yeah. It was just crazy. So, yeah, big big on him. Obviously, like Austin, those guys. Yeah. You know, um, DX, all that stuff. Like the 
the after Sean DX. Um, Brett, I love Brett. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I thought I thought Brett's run in '97 was unbelievable. The whole angle of him being a good guy everywhere else, but being the bad guy in the states. The matches he had with Austin, the angles he did with Michaels, yeah. the the reunite of the Heart Foundation. I mean, that was. Fantastic. Which was short-lived, right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't get that for very long. Did it we? feels like it was a long time. I know, but, but now that I look back... Cause it was it, like three months or something yeah, like that? Cause it yeah, because it wasn't even... It didn't even span a, a year, right? No, I mean, no. Because no. he... I think it, it was right around July. That's yeah. when they did it. And then he's gone by November. Right. The end of November. So, yeah, that was... Um, it was very short-lived, but it was just so cool to see the Heart Foundation yeah. back together and running roughshod and... Yeah, so that was it. And now, like, who would you say that you like to watch? I know it's, it's weird. It's forty year olds ago. Yeah, you know, I have a favorite wrestler, but who do you like to watch now? Yeah, and, and for me, and I and I think we do differ a little bit on our reasons why we love. I don't know. I don't call it a sport, I guess, but the the entertainment product that it is. For me, it's still those guys that can go in the ring and tell a good story, but also who we were just talking again off air about like how no slack against the guy but mox just doesn't do it for me for whatever reason and he puts on a good show and all so i don't know if i could put, i think the miz to me is still a guy that i love given how long he's been doing it how much work he's put into that character how much work he's put into the ring ring stuff how entertaining he is like i think miz pure respect wise if i had to pick top guy right now i i think i'm a huge orton fan i mm. i know that's not a popular decision but the guy also puts in the work watching the last broken skull session that he did with with austin it was it was really cool to see that version of orton talk about the old orton anyway so orton i love aj is a guy that i really love i think aj is doesn't get enough credit for how much work he puts in i don't know if i could pick one guy i mean i think roman's doing the best work of his career right now but i guess like you put it i don't tune in for one guy i guess i don't like yeah. there's not that one guy that I like love, I just, you know what? If I had to pick, maybe Drew. I think yeah. Drew Drew brings me in every. Edge was doing fantastic up until Mania, and I think Edge. I know he's he's only part time worker right now, but uh, I was really loving the Edge story for a while there too. So, but I think Drew. I think Drew is a great story. They kind of started and stopped him a little bit, but now he's kind of back on track with that character is now and. They got rid of that. He was being that really cheesy, laughable guy for a little mm -hmm. bit, and I'm glad that they, they got rid of that. But yeah, Drew, maybe. Um, but I, I, and that's on a WWE scope from an AEW perspective. I, I, it's hard not to love Jericho still, to be honest. We were just talking about Brian Cage. I really like Brian Cage. And Adam Page is starting to grow on me. He, uh, he's, he hasn't been shoved down our throats like I thought they might. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, so I don't know. That wasn't a. I know that wasn't an answer, but I, I have multiple people that I like watching. But I don't tune in for one specific guy. But if I had to say my favorite guy right now is probably Orton or Jericho. Still probably. Yeah, I mean all good picks. I'm the same way. It's not like I, I'm fanboying for somebody right now. But I agree with Drew. Like I'm a fan of a guy who looks like yeah. a man and looks like he can actually beat you up. Yeah. And I'm liking Drew. I like Lashley. I was gonna, I was gonna say Lashley. Honestly, yeah. he was he was gonna be mentioned. And I love the the whole thing with MVP. I yeah. wish the Hurt business was still a thing because I love factions as well. But yeah. whatever. But uh, but Lashley is just a beast, and I just and salivating at the idea of Brock coming back and those two going at it. I like Brock when Brock is in. You know, I like the fact that he is protected when he's there. Like yeah. you don't see him every episode. 
Rollins is still great. Reigns, yeah, I agree. I mean, Reigns is just finally getting to do the heel work that he should have been doing, and he's just running with it. Yeah. He's been amazing. Orton, yeah, I agree with that. Miz is captain consistency. Yeah. First injury he's had in 15 years he just had. So, and he's still on TV. Yeah. Figure. And I knew he would be. Yeah. I, I guaranteed that he was going to be there the next yeah. week. And he is. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, there's potential there for guys. I mean, it's more so, is there people that kind of make me want to turn the channel? Yeah. There's that yeah. there. But, I'm, but, um, eight, and you know me, I, my, I'm having a lot more trouble keeping up with the product yeah. right now. But, I mean, there, there's, there's good stuff everywhere. I mean, AEW, you got, Page, Page is good. I'm not an Omega fan. I know that that'll get some heat with people, but I just can't help it. I'm not. I'm, I'm just the gesticulation is just not my thing. I'm a big fan of Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, um, I can see proud that. and powerful. Still, my, my only beef with them, and I wouldn't say otherwise. My only beef with them is I have a hard time with their size. Buying them as a legit powerhouse tag team, right? Which they don't have to be. I, yeah. I like the idea of them being kind of yeah. the, the sneaky, yeah. get your wins type of thing. And of course, I've always liked FTR, so yeah. whatever you want to call them there. But uh, Dax and Cash, still a big fan of tag team wrestling. I just wish there was more focus on that. I mean, I still love Pac. He just looks like a wrestler, right? He reminds me of a, kind of like a Benoit type yeah. of guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm kind of excited about Andrade coming into AEW. So, like I said before on Twitter, like it's not a bad thing when a guy who wasn't being used in one place gets a push somewhere else. That's good for the industry and it's good for good the for guy, him. you yeah. know. So, I don't know why people just they just complain about somebody being misused. We mm-hmm. just talked about the releases right before we hit record, yeah. and it's it's like good for them. Like good if Ruby Ride is as good as everybody seems to think she is. Let her go do something either on AEW or yeah. Impact or New Japan or wherever the heck that she goes. You know, same with uh, Braun, you know, yeah. or, or anybody like that. Braun was a weird one, but the, apparently he was making a ton of money. Yeah, so. it's the, it's, yeah listen, I mean, not everybody's going to agree, but I, I found it disconcerting, I guess, when nobody's a Baron Corbin fan. Let's let's put that out there. Like I actually like Corbin. Like, I don't hate him. Yeah. I don't hate him. But like when somebody tried to say to him on Twitter, like, we wish it was you. If I, like, yeah. Like, come on. I mean, like, this This is... He people's, burned that guy. He did, and, but it was a very... And he didn't even take a shot. He yeah. just politely said, you really want somebody else to, like, lose their livelihood? I yeah. mean, we got we kind of got to forget. The, the releases, it's the business they're in. I mean, they, they, they know that's part of it. And to your point, there is a little bit more opportunities now. But these guys still lose their jobs. And then for, like, fans to come out and say, I wish this person over this person and that person over that. And we don't know who asked for the release, who didn't ask for the release. So, I mean, like... Maybe some of these guys creatively did want out. I, 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 I don't think it was all of them. I think Black seemed genuinely thrown. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it, like we just have to be respectful of the fact that it's still a business too. At the end of the day, and uh, yeah, I, I, I was gonna ask you, and I know we got off on that a little bit, but your take on and I too am a big fan of Andrade, and I think he's gonna be yeah. solid. I, I, I think that they will run with him. Thoughts on Miro? Because I mean, Miro is a guy who's really coming yeah. into his own again. Yeah, he had been buried with that best man gimmick and they still kind of give it to him but like that dude is now the dude we expected him to be when he came in and man oh man like that guy has a huge ceiling i think that's the dude that came out in the tank at wrestlemania yeah and that's the dude that should have kept on going that cena should have laid down for him and he should just kept on going but it didn't happen whatever I, again, here's me, I liked, what were they called? I don't know if they're the Foreign Legion or whatever. They remember it was him and um, 
Oh, Sheamus the, and Barrett yeah, and, um, United Na- or was it United Nations or something like that? Nations? League of Nations. Was that? Yeah, yeah. League of Nations. I actually yeah. liked that. I did too. There was yeah. four top guys. Four there. badass guys. Yeah. You know? And um, oh, yeah. Speaking of guys, Sheamus, man. Yes, Love true Sheamus. enough. Sheamus, he, Sheamus is, is the guy. He's that, always getting buried and stuff, but he's so good. He's, he's so a guy. Good. Every time a Sheamus match comes on, you're like, eh, I don't know what's going to be, and then you put and the then, banger on. Yeah, it's agreed. just every single agreed. time. We talked about that years ago yes. with that guy, and now he is kind of redoing his character a little bit, yeah. which yeah. kudos. And I was a little worried that he was going to keep that sh- that shtick and wear the attire into the ring, but yeah. he's he's still going with his gear, which is nice. But um, and I'm a guy who's not familiar with the new japan stuff but i'll tell you i actually do like shinsuke and i like this idea of him going with the king thing so they can get into yep. the king of strong style that i think this is a way yep. to reboot him there's some guys that don't need a title that guy is so over yeah think about when the they had the uh violin player doing his entrance and the fans were just doing something that's a guy that doesn't need a title that's a guy that's over and he's still over and he's obviously happy where he is. I mean, he's a guy who says he loves surfing and things like that. He's happy being in the States. Well, and, and I think it's clear he's a showman. And he's, he's only awesome, yeah. going to get that showman type show, for lack of a better term, with the E. So, yeah. I mean, like, that's... He kind of belongs there. He belongs yeah. on the big stage. Hi, folks. Good old BC here. We just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you are enjoying what you're hearing so far and that you decide to subscribe to Wrestling With The Truth. We can be found on all platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you go to find your latest episodes. And although we are not match rating marks, this is the one time we would appreciate a five-star review. As well, we can be found on both Twitter and Instagram under the handle at WWTTPod or at our website www.wrestlingwiththetruthpodcast.com. We encourage interaction with all our listeners, so please feel free to email us questions or feedback at WWTT at WrestlingWithTheTruthPodcast.com. All right, I think that's enough self-promotion for one episode. So now, back to the show. All right, uh, so... We kind of went over who we who we like and grew up liking, and uh, but now, what was the match that really resonates with you still to this day? As a kid, yeah. Sorry, as a kid, growing up. Yeah, so that would definitely have to be Ricky and Macho WrestleMania three. That was the big one. Other than that, Hogan Andre at Mania. And then I was like I say like I was a big like Bulldogs fan, so I loved the when they won the titles at Mania too. Other than that, what really still resonates today is the um, WrestleMania 13 with Austin and and Brett. How about yourself? Yeah, I think there's a couple for me that uh, if I go back in time and really really think about it, and and as much as I love Savage, the Steamboat Savage match was one that I kind of watched after the fact and sort of respected a lot more after kind of digging into it. I think one that stands out, if I just remember from my childhood, Saturday Night's main event was always, was always there was a lot of great matches in there, but I think one match that actually stands out quite vividly with me still is the Brett uh, Bulldog match at, uh, I think it was SummerSlam, yeah. whatever year it was. That was 92. In Wembley, yeah. 92, yeah. And I know it was a little later on, but that match was one of the first matches that I remember 
sticking in my brain and kind of playing through it. There was the Mania matches with Hogan and Savage and Warrior and Hogan, and but I don't know if I could remember those matches all that much versus I do remember a lot of the work that uh, Bulldog and... And I think I even remember the finish. It was a roll-up or something, wasn't it? It was, it was a roll-up from the corner, I think. Crucifix into a roll-up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just remember it being not a, a, a clean... Uh, well, that, that is clean, but it wasn't wasn't a traditional finish. So that one stands out in my early days. And then um, I think with you, the the, the Brett-Austin match was pretty vivid and stands out pretty, uh, pretty good. But surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, but sadly, the only, I remember watching the Owen Stone Cold match mm. in real time. I guess it might not have been real time, but I remember watching it and remembering the the visceral reaction I had when he dropped him when when Owen dropped Steve on his head and it was like you could just tell right away like something was off. And I remember even thinking I I don't remember what year that was, maybe ninety six or something. Ninety seven. So like yeah, ninety seven. Yeah. So I was older. And I'm like, oh, that did not look like it was supposed to go that way. And then even the roll up, and it was like something seemed off right away. So that one sticks out for me in a bad way, I guess, a little bit. I don't know why, and it, it, maybe this is a Mandela effect, but I always thought that he broke his neck in that. Agreed. He, Agreed. On, if you watch the yeah. A&E special, which he says I'm he pretty didn't. sure he did. Yeah, he said it was a bruised yeah. neck. Yeah. I think everybody assumed it was a broken neck. Well, Owen sure. had the shirt. I just broke your neck, wasn't right. it? Yeah. So maybe they played, and I think they played up. They played it up on TV. And, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. I, I, I think every the whole world assumed it was a broken neck. But uh, yeah, I was, I was gonna. It's a great point. It, it, when I caught that too, and I was like, oh, really? He had a bruise, something or other, one of the vertebrae or something. Yeah, like that. I think like, it was yeah. a vertebrae. Yeah. Uh, is there one that stands out now, like current product? Is there anything? I guess that's one of the things that I heard on another podcast. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about how you can't remember a match that happened a pay-per-view ago because there's so many things that happen now, but you'll always remember Brett and, and Austin or Owen and Austin or whatever. But is there anything that you've seen lately that you would say, okay, that's going to go in the memory bank and be uh, uh, one that I'll think of years <clears throat> down the road? Yeah, you know what? It's a great point. There probably is, and, and but to your point that you just made, I don't know if I can remember it vividly. Like, I just watching Double or Nothing came out of that pay per view and saying, I think I said to you, I was like, oh, there's some great matches. Could I, could I now say, like, in two months, I'm going to remember it? Probably not. But in my opinion, maybe that speaks more to the consistency that we get in ring now versus what we used to get back then, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Brett and Brett and Owen and Austin and Sean, for that matter, they stood out in the ring, right? Whereas maybe it wasn't as bad as I remember it to be, but it was pretty mediocre. A lot of those matches were were not the best work rate, if we will, right? But mm-hmm. it wasn't recent. But I still remember the Brock Cena match, yeah. the first time in a long time that it felt like they were steering away from super super timid, toned down violence and stuff, and it actually felt like are we watching the WWE product right now? Because Brock was laying into Cena and legitimately busted him open the hard way. Mm-hmm. And and it, again, two days later or whatever it was, maybe next down to Raw, it didn't feel like it did anything different and we were yeah. back to the same old. But it was like, that one stands out with me pretty vividly. As far as anything recent, nothing really stands out that like knocked my socks off. So, actually, Cesaro and Roman was, was pretty good in the last pay-per-view and I can't remember the name of it, but... That match was 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and 
they beat the you know what out of each other for a good chunk of that. So I really like that. I, to your point earlier, it's there's probably been a ton. I just, I don't know them off the top of my head. Yeah, I agree with you. There's just so much right now that that you could say were great matches work, but is there something that stands out where I'm going, I'm going to remember that? Unfortunately, I'd say the most recent one that's going to stand out and it's not because of good things, although the match for the most part was good, is War Games match yeah. where blood the match was blood and guts, yeah. Uh, the match was good, but there was just, and I don't blame the, the guys, I blame the camera work and I blame the, the director of that. They caught too many things on camera that shouldn't have been caught and then of course the ending but whatever you know that's been talked about but so that one's going to stand open up until we saw those things the match was great yeah and one that i can think of is roman and um was it jay in the was it jay or jimmy in the it was jay jay yeah i can't tell in the them apart in the, <laughs> in the cage where where jimmy comes in and he's choking him out yeah. and pleading pleading with him yeah. that one stands out I mean, Cesaro Rollins at Mania was really yes. good, yeah. really good. And then, of it seems like it's more like some of the women's matches. Like I think of like Bailey and Sasha from NXT. Yeah, you know, Becky win the titles, those type of things. But yeah, a little further back, I'd say the ones, the run that Sean Taker and Hunter had for those four WrestleManias. Yeah. I mean, that that stand no Flair and and Sean, that kind of thing. But yeah, not too much lately that I'm sitting there going, I'm going to remember that one in 30 years. And it's funny, you you kind of, as you were saying that, it, it kind of popped in my head that like, this probably goes against my school of thought, but like those matches that stand out now tend to be those ones that still have that story element. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the Roman J one stands out because mm. they told a great story in the match, but building the match and then also... His brother coming in and pleading for him and throwing in the towel, quote unquote. Yeah, those ones stand out. And I mean, I'm a big fan of the in ring stuff and give me two guys in there all day. But like those ones that stand out, I think, are those ones that you can pinpoint something in the match that was like some critical storytelling element that 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 is memorable. And I that's not easy to do. I think we both agree that that's pretty pretty hard to do. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, your favorite style of match. I don't know if I have a favorite style. I I appreciate everything. I actually watched the um, Nick Gage, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, and uh, recently, and it was never anything I'd ever seen before. Like the death match has never been anything I've investigated or gone down that road. And and I don't want to say it was intriguing to me. I don't I don't necessarily get the appeal of it, but. I respect any type of match, and that goes for deathmatch as well, but in the hardcore. And I, I think for me, it's a traditional... I like tag team matches, but I think I get more invested in a, in a one-on-one. Give me a traditional triple threat, but my biggest, my big thing with a triple threat is I think they should all be elimination matches. I think if yes. you're going to do a triple threat, it's got to have that elimination element where I just don't... Yes, you can add that element of anybody can win with one pinfall, but... Keep them special and make them elimination, which builds to a finish, right? But I don't think I have any style. I don't lean one way to like Lucha or UK strong style or or as a British strong style or um, Japanese strong style. I just like two uh, two guys going in there and, and having an athletic match. I don't tend to 
get too too wrapped up in the in the I guess as Orton would like to call it the flippy flops, but I can appreciate some of those if they're 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 done properly. And I think we talked about this earlier. Like sometimes I do find watching like a Young Bucks match or something like that. It's how many spots is enough, right? I mean, we, like at some point I got to believe that you're going to beat this guy, and if he kicks out of every single move, then. And so in that sense, probably back to you, I know more to your liking, like old school style, but then I do like false finishes. I do like the impact moves if it's told properly. And I think that's the key. Like you have to make sure we believe it and uh, build it. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I have a, a specific style of match. Just, I do like today's athletic matches. I think they, they go a long way to entertain me. I guess as a kid, I could say you know, I, I loved the Battle Royal back in the day. Royal Rumble still one of my favorite matches that to watch. Just uh, for some reason, I really enjoy that. But I guess it's the whole idea who's going to be made on that night. Used to love a steel cage match when it was the blow off of a feud, but not when it's the start <laughs> of a feud. That just doesn't make sense to me. But I'm with you. Like I, I just like a really good one on one match. But I like it to be supported by some kind of storyline where there's a reason these guys are going at it. Otherwise, you might as well just have jobber matches where it's Saturday morning superstars just to build up the one guy. I, I don't like even Steven booking. That's like, you got to have a winner. I like to have a storyline where it's good guy, bad guy. There's an issue. Let's sell it the issue, that type of thing. I used to love watching tag team wrestling back in the days when it was done by true tag teams. Now there's... Well, no, I'll give AEW credit with this. They're trying to build a tag team division yeah. there, and they've got true tag teams. WWE, technically, they've got true tag teams, but they seem to be always thrown together at, at some point. But, um, you know, you got like guys like the New Day that I guess are a true tag team. But um, although I love Rude and Ziggler. Yeah, I think Rude and Ziggler are doing some great <laughs> They're work. They're awesome. They're awesome. I, I mean, I, I love Ziggler. He could do anything, and I'm going to yeah. enjoy that. And Rude, good Canadian boy, again, that's... that's, that's Ziggler's cool. even great in uh, Miz and Mrs. You should tell your Rude story about what you used to do when you were watching him in... Uh... Oh, Bobby Rude. Yeah. So, yeah, for those who uh, don't know, Bobby Rude came up in the Canadian wrestling scene, independent scene, and actually more specifically, I think he's from somewhere in Ontario, but he, he uh, worked a lot in the Maritime region, and... Uh, 2001-ish, I guess. He was he was green and cracking into the business. And he actually he actually was part of a really cool group called the Cardinal Sinners, who um, I think Cowboy still works. And um, I don't know if Brody Steele is active or not, but uh, he was recently, but I don't know through pandemic times. But anyway, then Bobby... Cowboy Hughes, right? Yeah, Cowboy yeah. Mike Hughes, yeah. who's big in PI, runs... I think he has his promotion still over there. And, Red uh, Rock Wrestling, I believe. Red Rock yeah. Wrestling, and... Yeah, so Bobby Roode was part of that Cardinal Sinners. Anyway, so they worked for, they were wrestling for a company down here called Real Action Wrestling. <laughs> R-A-W, but they, I believe they, I don't I can't remember if they said R-A-W or just Raw, but I, I think it was R-A-W, but. Avoided funny. that lawsuit. Yeah, avoid, avoid the lawsuit. But anyway, it was it was pretty hot for, for a short time. It, it wasn't a long time, but it was, it was really hot. They were actually... And, and for perspective, they don't really sell out arenas here, local indie scenes. But for a short time, they were actually selling out hockey-type arenas where they were actually getting thousands, not hundreds. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, but Bobby Roode was was working that. And, and as a guy who appreciates trunks, I uh, I will respect him for this. But he did come out for a long time in, in what 
can only be classified as purplish velvet looking trunks no logos no nothing on them they just sort of like look like a velour almost trunks and he did have the distinction of having one of the best chants i've ever heard as uh velvet panties so that was uh <laughs> that was the that was bobby's he i wonder if he would actually acknowledge that to this day if he, i'm sure that haunts him to this yeah. day you know i mean he doesn't care because now he's uh he's he's made it but uh, yeah we used to Used to give him the business on that one with the velvet panties, so that's that's the Bobby Roode story. The Nova Scotia bear scene that has scarred him for life. <laughs> yeah. You know, no more velvet panties anymore. I think he even walked through Micmac Mall once and got chanted uh, velvet panties as he walked Well, you through. guys were quite the heel group at that we time. Were. Yeah. We were. What was we there, were. about 80 you or something like yeah, that? Something like that. Yeah. We, uh, we had quite the uh, stable. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Bobby Roode if he does happen to ever listen to this. And if those words conjure up some bad memories, we do apologize. <laughs> I was not part of that heel group, by the way, so please do not come to my house and try to exact revenge. Favorite gimmick of all time? Oh, there's so many good, bad gimmicks. I think it's like... That's, the, and that's, it can yeah. be either a bad one yeah. or a good one, but whichever. Uh, I mean, I think ones that stand out the most were the goon. Bastion Booger is always one that stood out. You know what one I actually really loved was Adam Bomb. I don't know if that uh, anybody yeah, else too. loved him. And yeah. he was a good worker, I thought, mm-hmm. and just like the the contacts and like the singlet, and he did a really cool power powerball. Like I just liked Adam Bomb. I thought that was pretty cool. Razor Ramon, I think, has to be a gimmick, and I think he's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. For that matter, I mean Diesel too, I guess. But I was bigger Razor fan than Diesel. But yeah, I think I mean Razor. I guess it, def- it defined gimmick. Like, I mean, Stone Cold was, I guess, a pretty... It was a new age gimmick, but... Um, yeah, I think Razor was probably my favorite gimmick guy, like, mm-hmm. if we had to go that route. Jake, I guess, is Jake the Snake? I mean, he's probably a gimmick, too, I guess, but uh, kind of just a yeah, play on his name. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, Razor, I really liked Adam Baum. I know he didn't last long, and, and Razor Ramon probably was, was my favorite. And, and that was towards the end, obviously, of the gimmick kind of era when he transitioned to WCW, and then that was like... I remember being 16 and being like, I can't believe those cartoon characters that we used to like. Like mm-hmm. It was like it was a year later and you already had dismissed it. But <laughs> yeah, Razor probably. What about you? Uh, yeah, Razor's a good choice for sure. Um, when I think of it as a kid, I mean, everything was a gimmick. So I mean, the, there was so many to pick from. But I don't know. I'm sure old Comrade Thompson would not appreciate this. But I actually was a fan of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> um, I know he... Likes to, to crap on him on his podcast, but back then I was cutting and strutting with the best of them. Honky Tonk, man. We talked yeah. about him off air. I mean, what a great gimmick that was yeah. and what a run he had. Other than that, I mean, there's just there's so many. I mean, when you talk about successful ones, obviously Undertaker and Kane, they um, they really stick in my mind because they, they were ones that could have easily well i mean isaac yankum for example that was a went a bad route and then he pulls it around and comes back with kane that that could have easily just tanked but he was just such an awesome presence it's funny like i kind of forget that undertaker is such a gimmick character because he doesn't it doesn't Mm -hmm. now it doesn't feel like a gimmick but it 100 was i guess i mean because you think of him as mark calloway now well not even that like i just like the undertaker taker like you just like it just became his persona and not a gimmick, but but yeah, I mean, it 100% was, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you were a big, you know, Red Rooster fan and <laughs> all those guys. Texas Tornado. Texas Tornado. I mean, the Warrior, what a gimmick that yeah, was. True I enough. mean, come on, that's that's yeah. the gimmick of all gimmicks. But 
I mean, there's just so many. I mean, obviously the the E was the catalyst for that stuff, but I mean, I, you could almost classify anybody as a gimmick, ex- except for Ric Flair. I think he was the only one who really actually was <laughs> as crazy as as he is in uh, character. But yeah. Speaking of which, uh, so for myself growing up as a kid, I was a big WWF mark, but, um, you know, I used to love getting the, uh, as they called them, the after magazines, like getting all the wrestling magazines and find out about all the other places that were going on. I remember watching AWA as a kid, um, Stampede Wrestling, loved Stampede Wrestling when it was on, um, getting to see, you know, Brian Pillman and Owen Hart before they ever came to the, the big leagues, quote unquote. Um, and I used to like old NWA stuff, like back in the eighties, like for yourself, was it just strictly WWF at the time or? Yeah, I think I, um, I, there was that time that I think just given that I was about three or four years behind that, I, I didn't get any of that. I mean, I didn't watch anything, even when WCW Nitro debuted, because in Canada, we didn't really get it that, that uh, readily, I think TSN started picking up both Raw and Nitro at some point, but I was a WF guy, didn't really know anything else at the time until um, the NWA, I don't even know if it was still alive at that point, but I remember they had like an invasion, it was NWA, it was, it was Cornette came in. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did a bit mm-hmm. of an in- yeah. invasion thing, mm-hmm. so that was It like, was really a Smoky Mountain yeah, invasion. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, apart from that, so no, I was a WWF E guy the whole time, and um, it wasn't until my mid-teens that I even got into uh, to Nitro all that much. So yeah. I think it was just generationally, like we were both three or four years behind and, and I didn't get any of that uh, crossover stuff. For sure. Um, now, for you, I think you have a pretty broad appetite of what you're watching now. Am I correct on that? Yeah, that'd be, that's probably pretty pretty accurate. So what are you watching at the moment? Uh, so I like to keep, keep up on everything. I mean, I have like regularly scheduled recordings for Ron Smackdown, um, for Dynamite. I don't get into Dynamite's or AEW's YouTube channel, so I do miss Dark and Elevation. I, I have kind of been wanting to get into that because uh, I know they, they, they have some good talent on there. Um, and I do try and get on, stay up to speed on Impact, which is a little tougher, but um, try and stay up on that. I have dabbled in NWA. I'm, I was curious to see if they were going to come back and they did so keep up on that i don't get into new japan all that much but um some other lesser knowns ring of honor used to be not so much now but mlw i've been kind of getting back into and sort of brushing up on uh on major league wrestling there for a little bit and that's about it I mean, that's the extent of my quote like quote-unquote territories i think that would be probably it. like predominantly wwe and then aw MLW, AEW, uh, sorry, Impact, and um, yeah, I mean, I, that's pretty much it um, right now. Well, I mean, NXT, I just lumped that into WWE. Yeah, but, WWE, yeah, yeah. and NXT yeah. UK, so I just put that under the that umbrella, but yeah, what about yourself? I mean, there's only so many hours in the day uh, to watch it all, so I'm, I'm trying to keep up mainly with WWE, you know, as far as watching more SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite. I'm watching that because I'm trying to be fair. Like I say, I mean, it's not quite my cup of tea, but I'm trying to be fair. I'm seeing some good stuff on there. I'm also seeing some really bad stuff, uh, but I'm giving it a chance. I think it is slowly improving, to be quite honest. Um, 
I try to catch impact when I can because uh, when we were talking about guys that that you know we like now, I totally forgot to mention like Moose. I mean, yeah. Moose is fantastic. Um, I think he's going to be huge at some point. He's got star written yeah. all over him. Yeah. I like seeing Eric Young doing his thing back in uh, Impact. Um, there's a few people in Impact that are pretty good. Actually, and I think he's Canadian, Rohit Raju. Um, yeah. He's yeah. Uh, He's been really good. Even like the change with Cody Deaner into the whole yeah. Eric Young side and then Jake something. So there's some, there's some good talent there. And then... I don't get to watch it, but I, I follow it a little bit online is MLW. And I, like we talked about him before yeah. this, Alex Hammerstone. Yeah. I mean, he's, he just, he looks like uh, WWE written all over I'll, him. I'll do you one better. The fact, uh, what is it? Fat, Jacob Fatu. Fatu. I yeah. mean, like, man, oh man, I watched this guy pull out double moon salts and he's easily 325 pounds. Like yeah. easily super athletic guy. Looks like a, looks like a champion. His um that stable there, I think it's Contra or I forget the name of it, but that looks legit too. And I mean, I'm just scratching the surface on MLW because I'm waiting for it to come back. Mm-hmm. I think they quote unquote do season, so uh, mm-hmm. I think they're coming back soon. But yeah, that Fatu really impressed me, and I know yeah. he's get the NOA lineage there, but mm-hmm. um yeah, Hammerstone. They got um another guy by the name of um was Lawler, uh, Filthy Tom Lawler, Filthy Tom yeah. Lawler. Really mm-hmm. liked him. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed. They, they and it, the format is a good like they say it's a hybrid fusion or whatever. But it, mm-hmm. it does. I mean, they got, they got everything. And I think Davey, I think, um, yeah, Davey Harry, Boyson, Harry Smith, yes, yeah. was mm-hmm. there quite a bit too. Think, yeah. yeah, and Pillman Junior was for a while. I don't know if he is going to go back, but yeah, I don't know how that's working with yeah. that relationship. But MJF, uh, for that matter, was there for yeah, a long time too. yeah, because he was with Hammerstone, was he not? Yeah, they yeah. have their own little faction. Yeah, yeah. and I mean. Um, I just don't get to see ROH, but the one guy from ROH that just from watching him online that I'm getting the biggest kick out of is Danhausen. I mean, this guy. Yeah, is, you mentioned I haven't seen his. You work. have to. You have yeah. to check him out. He's hilarious. Gimmick. That that's definitely a gimmick, but he's he's working it well. And then, other than that, I I just I can't follow NJPW. It's just I just don't have yeah. enough time in the day. It's um, actually a lot, and, and this isn't this is. I'm probably going to take some slack for this, but it's actually hard to find the English commentary yeah. on that as well. So, might have an in on that though. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, we'll keep that on yeah. the wraps, but it might have an in on that for you. Yeah. But for, for for me personally, and this is this is, I mean, everybody has their own taste. I I struggle to watch it dubbed or sorry, like uh, I don't know if there's any dubbed versions, but I struggle to watch it with no commentary. So, mm. and, and, no commentary or the uh, the original commentary from the the Japanese guys and. Like that's not that's just my personal take. I I need that English commentary to go with it, and and that's why I haven't. And I and I know they have NGPW World and all that stuff, but my God, we have so many streaming things already now. It's like I, I suppose it could add it, but yeah. So I would would love, and I have dabbled in in New Japan, but it's just it takes a lot of effort to. For, personally, I think it takes a lot of effort, and I know people might argue that, but it seems like given all the other stuff we watch, like. It's a lot of work to, to catch up on New Japan as well, especially yeah. the time difference too, right? Yeah, again, I mean, we both have wives and kids, and yeah. that, that's, I mean, there's only so many hours yeah. in a day that we can we can do it. I mean, 
make us famous on this podcast. We'll have more yeah. time of the day to, to actually watch this stuff we'll and do it give, our, give our opinions on it. But I mean, no, it, I mean, no matter what, whether we're watching or not, there's a ton of product out there now, yeah. which there hasn't been in a while. So this is a good thing for wrestling fans. I know. I know people are getting very one-sided. It's got to be this side or the other side. There's a lot of divide, but you should be very happy because it was just 20 years ago when WCW got bought out and everybody's complaining, but there was nothing. You know, there was no competition. Ooh, so. I beg to differ. TNA came in there pretty quick. Well, kudos to TNA. <laughs> Honestly, like the fact that they're still around, yeah. like they are the cockroach of, uh, of the wrestling industry. I actually really loved, I don't know if you caught any of those early days pay-per-views. They ran a weekly pay-per-view, yes. which was weird to say the least, but... Yeah. It had a cool vibe to it, and I don't know, and I've never been a big Jarrett fan, but like it, it felt big. Like it felt pretty big. They had Jarrett, they brought in Shamrock, they had a bunch of ex WCW guys at the time. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Ron the like, Truth Killings. Yeah, not he to, was yeah, first fantastic. ended first champion. Like he was not fantastic. to not to. Yeah, I. You know what? It's funny you said that because I think Impact does deserve credit. I mean, it's gone through how many iterations right now, but but technically, I think it's. Not and I think I technically it is still TNA back from back in the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah they've survived. They survived. Yeah. You got to give them credit for that. Uh, and you mentioned it too, NWA. I loved NWA Power the first season that came out. Thought it was fantastic. Loved the old school feel of it. And um, I haven't been able to keep up on it lately. Again, um, though, it feels like one of those ones that's hard to find. Like it's it's. Yeah. I know it's on YouTube and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's like. It's not on YouTube now. That's the it's problem. Not, eh? No, so it's they on took fight, it off. I think. I right? think it's fight TV. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. this is a lazy approach. But I, I if I got to work for it to find it, it's it's hard. It's harder for me to invest that time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but again, I just love the old school feel. I remember talking to you about it back yeah. when it first came out. I was like, you got to watch it. But I, I knew it might not be your cup of tea either. So. And you know what? And I've I watched a little snippet of the pay per view because. Um, I had the fight app and and they they let you watch the first 20 minutes of the pay-per-view for free and I was impressed like I mean I don't love this soundstage approach and I know you do like that mm. and I don't like that it, it just feels weird to me I mean I get it the old school feel but for a weekly show, it's good. Yeah, but they I'm, did it for the pay-per-view. And it just, exactly. It for a, a pay-per-view, the you want to go into an arena. That's yeah. the whole point. Like, that's, and it doesn't even yeah. have to be an arena. Like, you just do, like, Impact hasn't really transitioned back to arenas yet. and they like, But it, it's some sort of venue that's not a studio. And it, yes. it feels yeah. a little different. But, yeah, where you yeah, have a crowd, crowd around all sides of yeah, the ring. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I hope NWA does really well. Yeah. I really do. I, I just, I think it's really telling as to why AEW's success is because they did lock up that that tv deal Mm -hmm. right from the get-go like didn't even go on they didn't even start until they had the tnt deal right yeah by the way uh speaking of nwa i just listened to um billy corgan on the um uh jericho podcast it's good good interview i saw it i haven't listened to it yet so i'll definitely have to check he's he truly is a wrestling guy so you know he's not just a Oh, fly yes. by night yeah. guy he is so i mean i wish him all the success with yeah. it because I again it, you know as more and more success happens it, it's only going to push things for... uh, the one thing i will say about nwa is my god they have to change those title belts like they <laughs> I are love them. hideous i love them <laughs> hideous the 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 u.s title or the national title whatever they call it like that thing is a piece of hot garbage man <laughs> Hot garbage. I love them myself, but that, that's the old school feel. But in any place that's employing Nick Aldis, I'll, I'll watch. Listen, Aldis yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm wondering, I honestly am wondering if Mickey's possibly going to end up there now that she's uh, yeah. on the free agent yeah. side of things. So we're, we're getting close to wrapping up, but just a couple of quick things. Um, Two-fold question. 
what do you like him right now and what are you hating right now about the wrestling scene in general um i mean i think there's a lot to like as far as all the products go i like the rain the the rain stuff has been phenomenal i like that cesaro's getting a, a push that he deserves drew seemingly now is on top to stay i think lashley's been great maybe it's perception but I like the fact that it, it appears again that the WWE is trying to push a bit of a lower card and mid card again. I know people will argue that probably, but I feel like they're trying. One thing that I that I probably hate right now is is the fan reaction. I mean, you talked about it a lot. It's like I, I read something. Maybe it's Bischoff, and people will probably shit on Bischoff or whatever. But the the and AEW falls into this too, I guess. But like they have, and by they I mean the WWE has how many hours of te- television that they have to produce? They have a contract that's in place for very big contracts for USA and Fox. They have to put content on those contract or on the on your television screen. So sometimes they're probably going to throw some stuff on there that it's a because right now it's about it's about quantity over quality for a lot of it. And that's not really their fault. And maybe it is their fault for taking those deals. But would we would we not take those deals if they were the case? So of course. They have to produce this content. And it's not all going to be awesome. It's not all going to be perfect. And I think a lot of people tend to forget how much start and stop angles we got in AEW early days. I mean, they, they had all kinds of great things brewing. And then they disappeared. And, and it's because they throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And... It doesn't. So, I mean, that's one thing that I don't really like is is the constant criticism around that because it's not an... I, I, we, we sometimes look at the product today as if it was the 1980s or early 90s in that they ran very few shows. They had very limited exposure on TV. Now we have overexposure, internet everything, streaming this. Cut them some slack around the creative. If, if any TV show in history had to produce that much content of their show it would get watered down. Like, we know that. Like, we know that in Netflix and, and regular cable TV. Like, shows don't do great the longer they go because they run out of stories. Like, Vince has to, and Vince and company have to do that weekly, daily. So I don't know that, but I think, yeah, some of those um, angles that are going, I, I like, I like the competition, to be honest. I like the fact that both companies, and I, I know it's not wrong, not fair, but, Let's say the two big ones now are AEW and WWE. So I like now that they're taking shots at each other, to be honest. I like that Nick Khan comes out and talks about a, a relationship with New Japan. And then Tony Khan fires back and says, hey, we've had that all year. And like I like those back and forth because you know what? That's good for everybody involved if, if we get that kind of competition. So I like that. I mean, there's nothing that's standing out on me. I One thing I really like right now is the U.S. title. I think it's gorgeous. They did really nice redesign on, on the U.S. title. Uh, I even like the IC title. Hoping that they redo the tag belts really soon because I think those are long overdue. But I just I'm just generally excited about everything right now from all all lines of things. I know people aren't really loving it right now, but I think the the impact AEW crossover ultimately is good. I think it's kind of they're I think they're waning a little bit right now. And it's getting a little bit sort of where are they going with this, but like I think that's good on on like to have that working relationship. And I was really excited to hear WWE and MLW working together, but I think that's been squashed or maybe not going forward. But so yeah, I think there's no angles or anything that I like right now specifically. I just like the overall scene and as much criticism as you want to give, I think it's okay to criticize the product, 
to a degree. I mean, it, you can have your opinion, but don't. I don't think you need to railroad it or say it, it's always going to be this and that. I think we just criticize each individual thing and then move on. Like we've talked about a little bit. It's like you can you can not like something and still like the product. It's not uh, they're not going to hit nail everything on the. It's not, not everything's going to be home run. I think we got to appreciate that. Yeah. What yeah. about yourself? Yeah, I mean, as far as like, I'll try to be quick on this, but like, um, I like the fact that it's beyond athletic now. It's yeah. crazy, like, what these guys can do. You know, it's not rest hold city as far as that stuff. I like the fact that there's lots of options right now. Whether I like the options or not, that's not of concern. I'm just glad there is lots of options, especially for people that are released from, say, the WWE right now. They've got places to go. Whereas in the past, they'd just be frozen out, you know, or, or be just like forgotten about, really. Real indies or something. Yeah, real, real deep yeah. indies, you know. Yeah. And nothing, and that's not to criticize the indies. I mean, we've had some of our most fun yeah. times going to indie shows locally here. But it's just, you know, these are people that were on national TV. You want to see yeah. them still do well, especially if it's somebody that you like and, and, and was a great, uh, great wrestler. Uh, as far as the hate side, I mean, I just, I, I hate the division uh amongst the fans it's like you either like AEW or you like wwe and if you like one then we hate the other or you know and it's just this person's an idiot or that like you can like it all yeah. you know could you i don't know i just don't understand it especially like if, if we end up flip-flopping back to the way we were in the um in the 90s with the uh, wcw and and wwf at the time and you have guys jumping ship all the time how can you say you only like one or the other? Because yeah. your your guys are going to be going to the other. It's like it's the whole joke now. Like you know, Andrade was was just mid card in WWE, but now all of a sudden he's going to be the the <laughs> top of AEW. You know, it's like yeah. somebody I saw so much chatter on Twitter today, just talking about. I wonder if Charlotte Flair is going to come to AEW now. All I've seen on Twitter is everybody just crapping over Charlotte Flair about yeah. how spoiled she is and how. WWE just gives her everything, but all of a sudden, if she jumps to AEW, now she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy that, that there has to be this division amongst it. So that's a little bit frustrating, you know, as far as things go. But um, the only other thing I'd say, I just wish guys would slow down, you know, and not just because I'm old school or anything like that, but I'm starting to worry about people's safety. Mm. You know, I, I watched a clip of is it red velvet that's yeah. a, that that suicide dive she did she that i just saw lita flash before my eyes again where the one to the outside that she yeah. could have broke her neck and no problem i mean i'm seeing yeah phoenix is a high flyer and stuff like that but he's got a lot of misses and they're dangerous ones for himself so just slow down we were talking about brian cage you know like um GMSI or, or was it GSMI right yeah. <laughs> or GMSI GMSI yeah. and literally like, on his gear yeah, yeah. and i mean and we talked about it, and I was saying, like, yes, get it in, but get it in at the important match. Yeah. Don't get in every week on Dynamite yeah. because then it just becomes well, the and same. I, I think it goes back to the storytelling thing. Like, and, and, and people like to shit on Jim Ross all the time because he's the old crotchety guy who, like, tells the same thing. Like, slow down. You don't need to mm -hmm. do this spot or that spot. But it's probably because it's, it's right. I mean, I mean, when does a match feel big, right? Mm -hmm. And when does it just feel like another match? And... and I fall somewhere in between. I know you're probably more slow, slow down. I'm more in the, you don't have to slow down too much. Just mm. don't give me all the things that should be finishes that are just mid-match move, mid moves, right? 
Yeah, it, like, it's like, you know, like we, you talked about false finishes. I think Savage Steamboat had about 19 yeah, false finishes, yeah. but they made sense in yeah. that match, right? But um, I don't need to see 19 false finishes on a episode of Raw where or, it's just two mid-card guys. Or AEW Dark or something like that. Yeah, and I don't want, I feel bad for the main eventers who have just watched the entire card do every single possible yeah. move in the history of mankind now they got to go out there in the main event and try to top that like that's that's yeah. tough to do um and as far as slow down when i say slow down you gotta have time to actually appreciate the move it's okay if these guys do the move but if you're doing a 720 frog splash you know whatever you want to yeah. call it and you hop up and both guys hop up immediately the fans haven't even had a chance to say wow you know, we're I, I will say this. I, I think it's a fair criticism, and I think AEW was doing a lot of that at first, but that has changed. I think that has... There's still a lot of the big spot move, matches, but I think they have recognized that there's there's some pacing. Both have done it. Not yeah. just AEW. This isn't yeah. an AEW. No, I, no it wasn't, but I think yeah. it was probably more prevalent. I mean, maybe not. I There's just as many guys in WWE that could do those matches, but we both know they're, they're more produced matches, so... Mm. I don't know if they let the guys do that mm-hmm. that as that. And I don't think AEW produces or matches as much. But um, anyway, but yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It's like there needs to be a tempo that makes sense. And I don't know if I necessarily know exactly what it is. But the second match on Dynamite should feel different than the main event. I mean, I think yeah. we both agree with that. Yeah. And it doesn't really. It doesn't. I don't no, think exactly. it does. And, and maybe that's not just... Maybe Raw would be the same. But I, I, I still think Vince has that element where he knows the main event should feel different Mm -hmm. than the second match on the card or or throwaway match in the middle, right? I mean, you always hear talk. People don't like that because that means somebody gets a five-minute match and somebody gets a 20-minute match, but sorry, that's how wrestling works. That's how it works, yeah. Like, that's how the card works. Like, I mean, you hear guys talking back in the day, like the way it used to be in the first match, you weren't allowed out on the floor. There was no blood allowed, you know, those type of things because... That was going to happen in later in the yeah. card. And if the fans see it in the first match, why they need to see it in the last match, right? Yeah, we get five super kicks from eight different guys on one show, right? Yes. And I mean, no, that's not just shit on super kicks. Here's a move that gets used by everybody, and I love it, but a sling blade. Every single person on the roster, on both rosters, male and female, uses a sling blade. Like, so when does it lose its importance, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, I totally agree. Now there's the roster's too big to really have that limited a move set, but But you gotta protect finishers too. Yeah. You know, like um I, I think you mentioned Jake the Snake. Nobody did a DDT yeah. because that was his finisher and it and it used to be feared. Now it's just no, and, and it's a as transition. we're talking about this, yeah. I know we're gonna get the like that's the yesteryear thinking mm-hmm. in you mm-hmm. which I get, but Tell me what the happy medium is then. Yeah. Like if everybody does it 18 finishers, then what's the happy medium? Like Yeah, well, I mean, just have a true finisher yeah. and everybody on that on that roster should know what everybody else's true finisher is. And the perfect is, example know? is a stunner. We didn't see a stunner in the business mm-hmm. for how many years until he let Kevin Owens do it? Or yeah. we assume, well, I I did hear Kevin say he asked him. Mm-hmm. He asked yeah. Steve was that because people were afraid or they were respecting it? Like, why does that move 
And I know there was probably people or, losing it or in did, the 80s. Or did Vince say no? No, but I mean, yeah. just in general, it didn't seem like anybody was using that. That's what I mean, like, but yeah. was there an edict from Vince that, no, you don't you do not do that move? Yes, I think there was, but yeah. outside of the WWE, I mean, like, I don't remember even anybody else yeah, using yeah, this stuff, yeah. right? Like, well, we got, and then you got Cena's, what was the well, second yeah, rope stunner? But, which, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. is there some moves that are so, like, protected in that sense and others aren't? Like, I don't know, it just... And again, people are going to like, oh, that's just old school thinking and all that stuff. But there, to me, it goes back to, yes, I like two guys just going in there and having an athletic match. But I don't need the storyline out of the ring necessarily to bring me into that match. But I need the story in the match. Mm-hmm. Which is, I know you like to bring the story into the match and have importance. And all. I can You can throw two guys in, that'll go in the match. If you can tell me a good story in the match, then I'm going to be in it injected in it yeah and and there's and there's situations like that where you can actually have a feud start from, a, from just a random match, match. Yeah. and that's when it but that's still a story yeah no, you're still telling the story but just two guys for no reason doing yeah eight, 80 other guys finishers and kicking out of them then what is that yeah you know so yeah there is a happy medium and i know i'm i'm the i'm the get off my lawn guy you know so <laughs> I'll, I'll take that i will that say this ground. though i think i think more of today's shows and may, maybe it has to do like mlw and impact have less time but i think dynamite could do for more squashes to be honest yeah i, I do too yeah. why did we and why and did we seemingly get to a point him. yeah why did we get to seemingly to a point where we shit on squash matches when when I look back at it now, it's like, they have a big importance. Yeah. Big importance. And that's not to take away from the guy getting squashed. Like, he's doing his job, too. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, we don't get those anymore. Yeah. I'd rather have a squash match than a four and a half minute, somewhat drawn out squash match. You know what I mean? Like, give me a two minute, dude just gets decimated. Yeah. With five, six, seven moves. And it doesn't even have to be, like, you can have any guy do that. Rollins could do that. Cesaro could do that. Like... Enhancement talent is important. <laughs> well, remember they were doing that with Braun when they first brought yeah. him on his own, and like that's where Ellsworth came from, right? Yeah. But but they were doing the squash match, and it was getting them over as this monster that could just destroy people. Yeah. And I mean, there's yeah, I agree. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, people, it's, I don't know, but I think people complain if if Dynamite had a bunch of them. But like looking back now, I'm like I'm all, I'm all for it. Like give me give me some more quick squash matches and like. That just does everything to like Cage should be a guy getting all those. Like yes. Brian Cage, Power even Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs. Yeah. I was literally yeah. going to Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Give me squash matches for, for, I don't know, until you have a good angle for them. Destroy guys. Like that's cool still to see. Miro. He gets Miro. Well, I mean, Miro being the champ now, I guess that, that's a little tougher, but but he could he could bring out jobbers, local jobbers, and let them challenge and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, why did we go away from that? I don't know. Maybe it was backlash or. I don't well, know. Like I, I think, everybody needs importance, and I get all that. But like, you can still. There's nothing to say that a guy has a few squash matches and he can't come back and be built as a, a strong guy too, right? I mean, I think in during the Monday Night Wars that that's where that kind of disappeared right, right, because yeah. they're like, we got to just throw everything yeah, all the at stars, it. Yeah. Even I think at that time, if I'm not mistaken, Nitro was doing some squash matches. Yeah, it was just they had so much momentum from the NWO and stuff like that that they were. They were fine, but um, yeah, I agree. Like you could throw a few in there. I I don't know. Is I haven't been able to see dark, but is dark, that no dark that, is, is that the idea of it? Not really, and I, I'm I shouldn't speak to it because I don't watch it that much. But from what I understand, it's mostly competitive matches. Okay. Now most of the guys you think would win would win, but yeah, I, I I haven't watched it too much. But I think it's competitive matches. Okay, yeah. So 
Yeah, I, I think you could add a few. I think that would make a big difference. And it's going to build up and save it for your monsters. Brian Cage, uh, this this new dude. Oh, my God, this this Camarado guy. This Nick yeah, Camarado. Yeah, I really oh, like Oh, man, him. I would have him doing squash matches for a while. Oh, go, go. Yeah. I turned into a big Ogogo fan of Double or Nothing, for yeah, sure. Which was the whole idea, right, of this? Yeah, and, and <laughs> pissed me off to no degree that, that Cody went over in that match. Like, I the, the, Could not believe he went over in that match. The build of that match made absolutely no yeah. sense to me. No sense. And I heard one theory that maybe this is the case, but they were saying because he's in the he's trying to get the trademark on the American Dream name, he had yeah. to prove that he's I used it because it was too. his dad. That was, but still, I mean, that... You turned a go-go into a baby face. Yeah. With that whole build-up. And it Man, just... he was just super impressive. He's not just a puncher. Like, he, he was he was great. I mean, you could tell. Well, I mean, I guess the factory is from the training school. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was a big fan. I was really sour that he didn't get the, the win in that match. Like, I did not think... Uh, Cody winning that, does not to me, does nothing. I mean, if, if a go-go goes over, he's over. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's cemented as a top guy now you know what i mean i love when you can look at a guy or a girl whichever and you look at them and you go that person's Sorry. gonna be something yeah, and like agreed. there's a few of that going around i mean like you know like i say i i haven't seen too many hammerstone matches but i look at that guy and i think that guy's gonna be something i look at this camarado guy he's gonna be something yeah i, I don't want to say cage because he's been around for a while and he's i mean he was the impact world yeah. champion so i can't say that but for somebody who um hasn't been following his career or watching impact they could easily look at him and go, that guy is something, yeah. you know? So there, there is that side of it too. Even a guy like Darby Allen, he's not the guy who walks through the airport that, you yeah. know, you're going to stop and go, holy moly, look at this guy. But when you watch him in the ring, he's going to be something. He's, he's got something yeah, different, great. right? You know? So, so yeah, like that's the fun part of it. And, and that's what those squash matches do. Cause you just build these people up to be. Yeah. Just well, especially monsters. in AEW where it's win, loss, everything, right? Storyline, win, loss. Yeah. Build a guy up with five, six straight wins, right? I mean, do you think that could play a factor? In I was just, as I was saying it, I was like, well, maybe that's why they don't do it mm. because they it will ruin the mystique of the win loss kind of thing. Well, maybe maybe you change to that they have the win loss record has to be against a contender. Yeah, true. You know, squash true. matches. Are well, just... here here's my frustration with the whole win loss quote unquote angle or uh, story stuff. They throw guys in number one contenders matches that haven't even that aren't even ranked. So like, does it matter or doesn't it? Right? I mean, like they'll they'll tout the rank the rankings one week and the rank rank of this person or that person, and then we'll get a random like title match with with a non ranked person and it's like, wait, I don't understand. Like, it, it just sort of like they use it when they want to use it and it doesn't matter when it doesn't matter. And it's just like, I don't know. I I like the idea in theory, but I I'm not. I haven't been super sold on the whole rankings and win-loss records so this this just gave me an idea actually because uh, i was going to go to one more question but i think this is a separate episode to be quite honest is going to be if you had the magic wand or you had control of the industry what would you do to change so we'll save this but yeah but but you did bring up a good point about the win-loss records that side you know and it just made me think of I don't mind the win-loss record thing. Maybe you could do something like the uh, like how soccer does it, where you have uh, relegation leagues, yeah. and you know you have to move your way into contendership, and that's when your win-loss record matters. means yeah. means so guys can be doing the squash stuff to get up into that yeah, that league. You know, maybe maybe you build up these guys with squash matches, 
and then you have a tournament to get three, four guys into that too. tier or something like that. Yeah. And I, the other thing I like, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, are we at the point that we need seasons? And it doesn't, when I say seasons, it doesn't mean that the whole thing shuts down. I just mean, I think that's the problem, right? Yeah. You can't shut down. Right? No. Because and so instead of the brand show. split, you have a season like Jericho's the master of it back in the WWE days. He would just go great guns for four to six months and then he disappear for a little bit. Yeah. Then he comes back and it's like, oh, wow, Jericho's back, you know? So think about that. And it's the same with guys who get injured. You know, you get that pop when they come back and they're just huge, you know? So instead of actually have to have it be an injury or something like that, maybe you have parts of the roster that are taking some time off. It's it's their off season. But meanwhile, yeah. the show's still going on, that's but new point. people are filling in there. So that's something we can I, explore in another Yeah, episode. as I was thinking too, I'm like, what if... I've said it several times. If it is truly a TV show, then every other TV show has an off season. Yeah. Why yeah. couldn't they? Yeah. I wonder if it's because of the contracts that they're structured the way, but like, obviously they get less money, but how much is too much, right? Like, well, I mean the NHL, MLB, NBA, like, they but, all have but seasons. Any show, any mm-hmm. episodic TV show goes off. Yeah. Or right? WrestleMania is your Super Bowl. Yeah. So like stop and for the summer or and then whatever. kick back in in yeah. SummerSlam or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or July. Oh yeah. Yeah. SummerSlam so could be your. You go um, from like July, start again in July. That gives you a build to SummerSlam. Take it all the way to Mania, mm-hmm. and then you go April or May ish to July. Mm-hmm. It's only two months. Yeah. I mean, or or you just start with SummerSlam. It's kind of like uh, NASCAR. Oh, yeah, start NASCAR with... starts with the daytime. Don't you think you need a bit of a build though? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, that's that's yeah. what we'll talk about. That's what we can yeah. discuss. But I think we have to, the, to you know, think of some ideas. So, yeah. so um, you know, first episode. There we go. Introduction. In the books. So before we sign off, did you want to give your social media handles for everyone to follow you? Yeah, thanks, BCH. You can find me uh, on all the uh, socials, as the kids say, at uh, J Myers WWTT. That's at J Myers WWTT. And for myself, I can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at BC Hunter WWTT. That's at BC Hunter WWTT. Uh, very interactive, and I do follow back, so feel free to send me a message. And uh, with that, we'll leave it uh, for our, fi- our first episode, our debut episode in the can. Appreciate all of you joining us and hope you continue to join us along our journey. I'm sure we'll be able to work the kinks out as we go. But for now, Thanks for listening.